and welcome back to the Dope Black Therapist Podcast, where we provide a platform for folks all across the spectrum to speak about their mental health, as well as promote themselves, their businesses, and their lifestyle. This week, we're going to have Chef Chris Hayes. Chris and I are going to be talking about how we deal with our anger, how we deal with resilience, how setbacks can initially break us down, but how we use our resilience to build ourselves back up. Enjoy the show. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dope Black Therapist. I'm your host, Blaze. I am here with my homeboy, Chef Chris Hayes with the ladle up in this piece. What's going on, bro? What's going on? Good afternoon, man. How are you? Man, I am I am lovely. I am lovely. It's a beautiful day out here and sun shining and I'm above the ground. So that's a that's a good thing right now, you know? That's that's how we do it, man. Yes, sir. Yes, small, sir. Small small and simple to start. Exactly. 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 So um so let's uh, before we dive into anything, man. Tell the people a little bit about yourself. Well, let's see. I'm a bit of a traveler. I was born in '83 in Bronx, New York. Oh. And if you have any New Yorkers out there, I lived in Parkchester, which is about three miles from Westchester Square, mm-hmm. Pelham Parkway area. Mm-hmm. I stayed in Bro- the Bronx until I was a middle schooler, and then I moved a little bit up north, up near Yonkers. Mm-hmm. And then... The MX uh, territory. September 11th happened. Oh, wow. So, side story, because it's side story, but very important, yeah. because I was supposed to go to Hunter College. Mm-hmm. I graduated high school mm-hmm. in 2001, August 2001. Mm-hmm. Got accepted to Hunter College, which is a city college, mm-hmm. and then September 11th happened, the few weeks after that, mm. I actually happened to be downtown, but nowhere near the towers. I was heading to school. Wow. And I had to walk three hours to my uncle's house in Brooklyn to get somewhere safe. There's no cell phones. Obviously, it's 2001. Everyone had yeah. either a Nextel or a Nokia. It wasn't yeah. as quick as technology. No one really knew what was going on. Yeah. So after that, whole happened mm-hmm. i dropped out of school mm-hmm. um my mom had some medical issues mm-hmm. i moved to florida mm-hmm. so i moved to orlando florida mm-hmm. went to school at uh university of central florida okay and started working in the theme parks i started working foods and theme parks food and merchandise in the theme parks okay and then i stayed there for god way too long no, no, no. yeah 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 11 years okay I was there for 11 years, mm-hmm. and my youngest brother lived in North Carolina at the time. I took a visit with him, knew I needed a break. I was burnt out. Mm-hmm. And then 2015, 2016, I decided to move to Raleigh. Okay. Okay. Wow. Wow, you 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 came out the damn gate swinging. This, this is what we do. This, <laughs> this is how we do, okay? That's <laughs> the story get it out it's everywhere yeah it's like you came you came out the gate swings like started out you know i mean and but that's the reality though man so a lot of times you know when we deal with anything mental health wise it's always a it's always we we kind of know where the journey starts 
you know, we start, we kind of get an idea of like, what is it? Like, what was the thing that let me know? Oh, shoot. It might be something that I might need to deal with. Some things that might affect me in a different way than um, other people. Now, I remember I remember being in college, you know, my senior year um, when 9-11 happened, sitting with my now ex-wife just watching everything. I can't imagine being there. It's a, it's still a surreal moment in my life. You know, it's one of those things that it sticks with you. Mm-hmm. But it's, I always, always, I guess at my detriment at times, I always downplay it because it was like, people were like, well, you were in the city. I was like, yeah, but I wasn't close. You know, that I didn't see any fight. Like, yeah, I wasn't anywhere near impact, but of course it impacted. Me. Right. I was eight. It was you know. I was taking the train to school. I was going into school in the city. I was starting college. This is this whole new chapter is supposed to be a springboard. Right. That was absolutely railroaded. Right. By life, but that's life, right? The rest of your life, you're always going to something's. There's going to be things that are going to railroad you throughout your entire life. Right. So it's, but not understanding that at the time, mm-hmm. and in not processing and thinking about how that made you feel you just truck along with things mm-hmm. it's kind of like and, yeah keep going i'm sorry no no, no. I, I was gonna say it's kind of like that's how i describe my 20s yeah i'm in a, like this point now where where i see young cooks and they just like come up to me and you're you're outside of work having a drink you talk about it and the the hindsight is always 2020 but the thing I tell them is you just, you, as a 20 year old, you're just, you're full speed ahead. Yeah. yeah. And that doesn't mean, and full speed ahead is if you're not with me, you're against me. Mm-hmm. And I, I always bumped into a, a, a lot of head on problems because of that. Yeah. So it is, it, it, you make a very, very interesting point. It's kind of like in your twenties, 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Yeah. Like you're, you're 10 foot tall and bulletproof. And regardless of what you say, or what happens to you? Oh, I got to handle this shit. I'm going to keep moving regardless. I'm not going to damn... Nothing's going to stop me from moving forward. I don't give a damn if I'm wrong. I don't give a damn if... You know what I mean? If you think that I'm wrong, if you think that I can't, I'm going to damn keep pushing forward. There's a also a very... Your feelings don't matter. Mm. And there's, a, there's also like... Whatever. I get, you can draw off of me, I'm going to draw off of you. Right. You know, there's also, there's, before I, I actually acknowledged problems, before I actually started going to therapy, the, the issue was, you yap at me, I'm going to yap at you. Right. There's no de-escalation. That's not a thing. No. There's somebody else going to be a de-escalator. Someone's mm-hmm. going to come in, yo, we don't got time for this. Right. If you're at work, it's like, you don't have time for this. Right. But, it's like, Whatever. Either it's going to get physical or me and you are going to just not talk to each other. Uh And sometimes it's not even a person. It's a personality. Right. 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 And and putting pieces together that you don't understand. Mm -hmm. And when you're only looking out for numero uno, it doesn't matter what your piece is. (laughs) True. (laughs) That's that's true. true. So it's it's very true. It's like you touched on a couple of things, though, man. It's just like, you know. You know, if you if you yap at me, I'm going to yap at you. It's, it, it's, it could get if it could be physical if it needs to be. 
um, or we're just going to, you know, we're going to be like jawing off back and forth. Now, <laughs> how does that play to your favor as a person of color, sir? <laughs> because, I mean, because, you know, you know, it's, it's certain shit that, <laughs> that, that you can't do. Or if you do, I had, do. Um, had a terrific mentor mm-hmm. at uh, Universe Studios who just told me you're one of the smartest. And it's not a not a hype set. She's like one of the smartest. You're one of the quickest. And you could be an essential glue if you took the second to realize your shit does stink just like everybody else's. <laughs> It was just one. He just he, he, he would hammer. He would he would grab me early in the morning. He would, he would whenever he could. He would just try to to hammer that into because mm-hmm. he, he didn't understand what I was going through mm-hmm. because he was he my mentor was white, so he didn't understand some of the things right. that come attached. But he understood that I had to let some of that go. Right, and also that comes from comes with your upbringing. You know, my mom is very white and black because she grew up in 1957 in New York City. Mm. So she has her own history Mm -hmm. that she brings to the table, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that makes always you're with like shoulders are sharp. Right. Ready for confrontation. So yeah, you get, you get, you get, you do get labeled. Oh, you're the angry one or you don't, I had Uh, to learn how to, how to talk to people and how to, we use the word code switch in such a negative connotation, mm-hmm. but that's a reality. It's how you succeed. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a reality. There's no, there's no way you can be successful in a position that you can't. Code switching is not a, a part of you being successful. There's just right. It's that's the that is a hundred percent the truth. Right. Once I learned how to do that, once mm-hmm. I understood that, I wasn't good at criticism because mm-hmm. criticism meant. That you were gonna pick up. Criticism meant picking on me. Uh-huh. Criticism wasn't making me better. Right. And that time, criticism mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. this is because you suck. You yeah. messed this up because of this. And yes. it's like that's not how critique works. There are people right. who are like that, but generally that's not how it works. Right. So it's it's this whole this whole circle that like it's like a rubber band ball. Mm-hmm. And that's how I, like you were, and that's how I was in my twenties. Right. I was, uh, you're round up tight, and you could, I could bounce from here. I can work a fourteen hour shift. I can go party, come back and shower, go do it all again five days a week. But I was, I was a wrecking ball. It wasn't right. healthy. Right. It, it wasn't, it wasn't productive. Mm-hmm. So there's these, there's these moments that I look back on that, that, that gets me. And did I ruin opportunities? Yeah, without a doubt, I probably ruined opportunities. Right. In fact, that was one of the reasons why I, I left because when I left university, because they were still judging me as the 22 year old uh-huh. when I was almost 30 at that point. Right, right. They still saw baby Chris and not, there were a few that really vouched for me, but that was the problem. So there was a group of my friends and we were all the same age mm-hmm. and we all left the company without within a year. Wow. It was eight of us. Wow. Supervisory positions, all kind of, and just all left. Right. Because we knew where our ceiling was. Mm-hmm. And there were, we were all colors of the rainbow. That, it really, that wasn't even the, right. it was, we were, we were young and it was one of those positions that was like, 
this person needs to die before you you can move up before to the you move up and yeah <laughs> yeah no, and it was the frustrating part was you trained me, and I took your advice, and it's I still didn't get where I needed to go. Mm, that's frustrating. So you know, so you go, you sit there, you take the notes. Yeah. You put the notes into progress. You make it a routine. Mm-hmm. I did like a, a a whole two and a half year rehab of my work reputation. Right. Because. It was a weird thing. Service industry is a very work hard, play hard. And if you don't, if you're not in it, you don't get it. Right. Which is like any other, any other, any other world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Add to that, that I was living in Florida, which is another sprinkle that you, you can't understand. Right, right, right. Florida is just a different beast. Right. So when you're sitting there and then moving, it is whatever I said to you is over with, or I got beef with this person for three years, which is a ridiculous thing to work with someone and not and have one particular moment right. that you're mad at somebody. Uh-huh. And then keep that one moment on for three years, hold that grudge for three years. Wow. So, so it's... Yeah. It, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. It just, it just makes me it just, it just makes me wonder, man. It's just like just th- sitting here thinking, like, <clears throat> shit's already hard enough. You know, shit's already hard enough, you know, when you're going and you're trying to be successful, you're trying to reach a certain goal, you're trying to attain a certain level, you know that you have to, you have to carry yourself in a certain way in order to be successful. And even then, you know, you're... Say if you say if you do screw up, it's it's the the criticism isn't constructive, and the 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 criticism is destruct is destructive, not constructive. It's destructive. You're 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 they're pretty much beating you down, pretty much beating you down. Not telling you what you can do to improve, not telling you what you can do to be better, not telling you what you have to to do with this stuff. Couple that with an attitude is just like yo, you know. What are we gonna do? It's like, and, and, yes. and then, and then you just mention just like holding a grudge. It's like, dude, it's like, how the hell do you manage all of that damn anger and frustration and build up? You don't. You're you're a uh, handball thrown against the wall. That's mm. that's that's what you are. That's mm. what I was. Mm. There's no. I'm not gonna say there wasn't any positive. You went out and party. That was your. That was the release. Ah. You go. You work. In this pressure mm-hmm. of timing and and working, and you have heat, you have stress, you have long hours, you're on your feet, and the problem with that culture is that was that's heroism, and it's <laughs> not. It's not heroism. You're beating yourself up. Yeah, you're just like, and they're like, work hard, play hard. You're like, you know, if you're Drinking Red Bull, smoking cigarettes, have a pill problem, but still can make it into work. You're Great great job. You're set. (laughs) There goes my hero. And you're like and when you're when you see that and when you see people in positions you want to be functioning like that, Mm. you think how that that's how it works. Mm. And the sad thing is I see friends back home that still live that. Wow. 
and that like is like it's it's a sobering thing. It's like either that could have been me if I never left. That could that could have been me. Right, right. No, and it's like man, it's 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 uh hearing that man, it, it kind of reminds me. You say how you know you think about how you know people see that as heroism because you you know you got all this work hard, play hard, you know heat, stress, whatever. And then, you know, okay, I'm surviving off of Red Bull and cigarettes and pills or whatever. You know, you think about folks who, like, are, like, in a, as first responders. You know, I have to keep this mentality going. I don't, you know, we see a whole lot of shit that's going on. We have to, I have to keep going. I have to keep focusing. You know, um, I'm not supposed to talk about this shit. I'm supposed to just keep going because that's the way, that's the culture. That's what we're supposed to do. So I'm going to smoke these cigarettes. I'm going to drink this stuff. I'm going to buy me a boat or whatever and just go out and just do all kinds of dumb shit and just keep functioning. But still keep all the stuff inside and not really deal with it. And it's, it sounds like it's, it's similar in the service industry because it's just like do a really good job of dealing with it by not dealing with it. It's side on the scene. Yeah. You do all this work. People are coming to you with expectations. Yeah. People come, and rightfully so, they come to you. They're spending their hard-earned money. Yes. This is people's at that point when I was working at Universal, these these people's years. That's a a year, two years, three years worth of savings. Yeah. For this trip to take their family. Yeah. So that that is projected onto wherever you're working. That gets projected to the actual physical place it gets projected to its people that gets projected to your staff all through so if someone's upset that falls to you mm. and it's 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 a weird thing because it's like wow did i really ruin this person's vacation wow and it's it's it was it was that mentality and wow i i posted something to my facebook that i i like a couple of days before it was thanksgiving and i was just hanging out and i I just had this epiphany and I posted it to my friends that I used to work with. I was like, do you remember how uh, manipulative it was? We used to have a point system for attendance. Mm-hmm. You got to a certain level of points. A lot of places do it. You get to a lot of level of points. You're no longer working with the company. Right. To be a supervisor, you had to be at 10 points. Mm-hmm. I called in. If you were my boss and I was like, place, I'm like in traffic. I'll be there, but I will be 20 minutes late. You're like, no. Whenever I clock in, I'll lose half a point. Just all right, whatever you lose half a point. It took you a whole month to get that half a point back. Wow. And then to be at a supervisor, you have to be at a double digit level and could not leave that double digit level of points. So And so I was like, I posted it and I was like, man, that was wild. And then like went all my friends and then like we had people that would probably still work there. So we were, then they would turn to a group text. It's like, I either like, you know how many times I like, I've been out of it. My buddy lives in Florida, out, um, out by the keys. And he's like, sometimes I'll be just walking my dog and hits me. He's like, he's like, that's just some bullshit. Right. <laughs> right. And like, you're young and you fall into the machine and, you know, just outside macro, I think that's some of the problems that we're having and, country right right now that's mm-hmm. the one of the big labor things right now it's mm-hmm. like this is supposed to be beneficial for both of us mm-hmm. and it's and it's not mm-hmm. you know um i work with a guy now who's been a chef almost his entire life right 
and he would talk about his daughter and his daughter's a sweetheart she's i think she's like 15 and one day she was just helping him cook at the restaurant i was off that day mm. she was just doing small stuff and he's like i would never want her to be a chef mm. he's like you know how many birthdays do you know how many yeah. christmases yeah. you know you know you, you you give up and you get nothing in return right so it's a it's a it's a very give take and when i was about to leave i was very bitter so you had all the emotions of growing up yeah that destructive lifestyle mm-hmm. and wow did i waste 10 years look i do i look at it now absolutely not i have the skills that make me successful mm-hmm. i have lifelong friends i still have friends that i still talk to and that i love dearly right and this experience that very few have mm-hmm. but when i left it was just this ball of i was basically like a fire a little fire rate ready, ready to start yeah and i didn't tell anybody happy go lucky had to go drink and go, but anyone knew how how unhappy i was right did i really know how unhappy i was no because hmm. i don't like being alone mm. that was that was the thing mm. and i think one of the things i learned the important things is spending time alone but dealing with things or, and letting the thoughts in yes yes and so i i was like nope change channel mm-hmm. new song mm-hmm. shuffle 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 mm-hmm. where's the party song Right. And so eventually you're going to run out of songs. Yeah. So you have to, you have to hit that part. And the problem was I didn't, I didn't like myself. I couldn't Mm. really explain why I couldn't. I know the reasons now why it's uh, the reason why I'm doing the things for validation. And I I want people to be proud of my work is when my parents divorced, my dad left and started a new family. Yeah. And then I didn't talk to my dad for, 27 years wow the last time i saw my dad i i see him now our relationship is Uh, there but it's not yeah but my half brother is my brother right he reached out and found me he was in college Uh and he is one of my best friends on the planet right so he reached out and found me but you know you have this mentality that they left you yeah. Started a whole new family because you weren't good enough. Oh, man. So, okay. So, you're... That's a whole... Damn... It's a whole... Yeah. Because like trickles in. Yeah. So, it's like... look And, like, listen to that, man. So, think about... <clears throat> all right. So, where you started from, right? You know, 9-11 happened. You know, you were... It was just supposed to be in this new life starting for you. All this stuff changed. Uh, mom had medical issues. Moved to Florida. Had to do all this stuff. You know, mom and dad split, whatever. He went and started a new family. All right. You have to, you go into this field and regardless of how you perform, this shit ain't good enough. You're going to get criticized to do all this kind of stuff. So you have, so you have this abandonment. You have anger. You have depression. You have, um, (laughs) You have this uh, this desire to prove yourself. You have this this other and it's like, well, shit. What did I do wrong? Is this my fault? Is this something that I'm supposed to do? All combined with work hard, play hard. Don't deal with the shit. 
keep moving it because you're not supposed to have feelings. You're not supposed to have emotions. Shit's not supposed to bother you. You have to keep going regardless of all the shit that's on the inside. All right. So and 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 that's the thing. We we do this really good job of masking how we really feel because of what everybody else expects us to do. Everybody expects us to be this certain kind of way. We're supposed to carry all of these damn burdens. We're supposed to take all of this shit and then wonder why if I lash out, you know, at you at one point, you know, what the problem? I didn't do anything to you. What What's the problem? And then it's just like I, I, the way I explain it, I explain it like this. I explain it's like, you know, we have we have this real tendency to take the stuff. We're just taking it in and piling on and piling on and push all of this shit down. And piling on and piling on and pushing all this shit down. It's like a trash can, right? Put all that shit down. We go. We know the damn trash needs to be taken out, but we steadily keep putting trash on top of that shit and pushing that shit down until the shit overwhelms. Instead of just taking a bag out, tying the shit up, put it outside, and starting over. Sir. So, but we don't. But we so many times we refuse to. I, I won't say we won't know how. I say that we refuse to because we feel like this is what we have to do. I agree. There Were there options in those 10 years to go reach out for help? Billions. Yeah. And it's it's the choice that, choice that I made and you're, you get reflected and you get, you choose the favor of the party you're in. Yeah. You know, and 10 years, how many men did I see cry? Hmm. Two? Hmm. If you're out with like, the front of house staff, females would break down and it would be okay. But to see a dude, you're just like, I, I think you really messed up. This dude was crying. Yeah, yeah. But you said that to your homeboy. Yeah. You're not going to say to the home, your friend who was actually crying. Yeah. And then you guys are going to all ignore it by the time you get back to work. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, no. And the older I got and the more especially in, in my industry, the more people are just open about their mental health. Mm-hmm. It's, it was like, I'm not feeling it, you know? And a lot of people like, I'm sorry. Or like, like you said, when that person lashed out, they'd go, this, this, and this, and this is going on, dude. And you didn't know. And I took that out on you and my bad. I'm like, and then you're just like, I'm, why didn't you? Yeah. We were just out. Like, yeah. yeah. I was a phone call. You could have called me. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a very, it's a slow revolutionary process. Yeah. Getting there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, 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 that's one of the things, man, I had to, um, I had to go to grad school to learn how to do this stuff. You know, it's like, especially like, you know, I was raised by my grandmother, you know, um, you know, dad wasn't really in the picture. My mom was around, um, but my grandmother wouldn't let me go with my mom. Yeah. Because my grandma was like, I raised you. You're going to stay with me. And I really wanted to go. I didn't know this at the time. She didn't tell me this since I was an adult. And um, I'm sitting there. It's like, well, shit. My mom don't want me. My dad doesn't want me. What the fuck is wrong with me? And then, you know, mask, impeccable. Smile, Blaze. Smile. Even though I'm like on the inside crying like hell, trying to get some help, you know, trying to do whatever I need to do. And then, you know, 
you never taught how to manage that stuff. Never taught yeah. how to handle that stuff. You know, you're supposed to be the strong black man. You're supposed to be, you know, this. Nothing's ever supposed to bother you. Couple that with going to the fire service. Nothing's supposed to bother you. Nothing's supposed to bother you. Then a divorce happens. And then all that shit gets so fucking real. And then everything just like, like, bro, I didn't know I could feel like this. What is this? Like, what is, you know, what is this stuff that I'm dealing with? I didn't know that depression was something that black folks got. I didn't know, <laughs> you know, um, I didn't know that I could cry if I needed to, that I could cry this much other outside of a funeral. Yeah. Outside of a funeral. I didn't know that I could cry because I'm sad. I didn't know that a song, hearing a song, um, smelling a certain smell, um, seeing a certain show would spark so much emotion, you know? And then I learned, I went to grad school to do therapy. I was like, holy shit. Men have emotions. Yeah. <laughs> when people ask me about, like, when people ask me about therapy, and I was very, especially once I started it, I was just like, it's like, dog, this is like the game shark. This yeah. is like, this is, I said, we've been running, we've been, I, I the analogy I use is we're running a construction shop with no tools. Mm. You were doing using you're using makeshift tools. Yeah. So the the first thing I started was DBT. Mm. I had a whole consultation and we uh, my therapist decided I think you should do DBT and I did group DBT. Mm-hmm. And it was very it was all people. It was all it was like black people. It was all black people. Mm-hmm. So one, I walked in and I was like, Well, this is gonna be weird. Right. I was like, this this is this is this doesn't happen. And it was, it was so helpful because no one is walking in. I go, how's your day? And you go, meh. And someone goes, oh, it's great. But it's not. Yeah. And that affects you the rest of the day. Yeah. And if you're open with people, but not like, not like, no one needs to know your life story. And no. like, no one's like, gonna, you don't gotta be like, Right. Yeah. <laughs> Again, we, yeah. you're here to work, and I understand. Right. But if it's going to affect your work, let me know. Mm-hmm. But I've always been an emotional barometer. Right. Whatever I was. Yeah. I, and I, 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 I can. They call always called me king of the vibes. I, I just knew I could feel it. You're not right. What's up? Yeah. I can't. I never explain it. What's not right? And people know, and you stay around people know you're not okay. And what's up? It's like I'm having an off day. Yeah, but I couldn't say that. I'm just like yeah. I'm fine. There's nothing you can fucking do about it. So just back off. There's yeah. nothing you can do about it. Right. Being open, excuse me. Being open and telling people, and really seeing people. Mm-hmm. I think we. I think that's the part you have to understand. You got to see people. Mm-hmm. And it gives you a certain grace. Yeah. Because if you, you start therapy and you go, I'm, I went through all of this. And if people did not know me and I didn't say anything, they think I'm one of the biggest assholes on the planet. Right. I think this person is kind of an asshole. What is their story? And what could it be? So then just that like small slice of kindness has just helped throughout through all the, my job is still toxic. <laughs> the industry, that industry is just a toxic industry. Right. And it's hard to, it's hard to decompress and turn it off. Yeah. 
like you said, you can see it nursing. It's just, it's hard to turn that button off. It, it is. It is. When you're there a hundred percent of the time, mm-hmm. it's hard to turn it off. Yeah. So it's terrible for relationships. Right. You only have friends that are in that circle because all of you're at a hundred at all times. So you you guys know how to function that way. Mm-hmm. So it's a very, it's a very, I found DBT very enlightening okay. because it solved a lot of my, my mono mono problems. Right. Because deep down, it's just like, you're not my dad. My dad didn't tell me what to do. You're not going to tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And you're in a kitchen and a kitchen is a brigade. Yeah. You got the chef yeah. and everything else rolls down from chef. So yeah. you, you, you have to take it. But also there's ways to communicate as a chef. Right. I work with many different that some communicate were terrible and some were excellent at communicating. Right. So it, it all really depends on where you're placed and, and how you take things and how you cool yourself off. Right. And so like at my last job, I was, I, I, I was done, you know, um, I worked the entire pandemic. We were there. It was me, my buddy, mm-hmm. And one other cook. Mm. <laughs> Funny, none of us work there now. Right. But we worked that whole pandemic. Yeah. From I remember St. Patrick's Day in 2019. We were like, oh no, we're, there's no way we're shutting down. This place is packed. Yeah. To doing eight orders of takeout, thinking, well, we're going to be jobless. To us picking up and then us reopening again. To being open for the rides downtown yeah. in Raleigh. And that was a, a, a whole wild experience, too. Yeah. Because it was one of those things that, at this point in my life, I can express myself. Mm-hmm. So I go up and I say, hey, we should close. This is going to be a dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. Not just for me, for everybody here. Yeah. And they were like, no, we worried about the protesters. And Do you see my color? Do you see a color in the kitchen back here? Yeah. That's not the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're worried that we're going to be confused as the late night protesters. Yeah. That's where our, where our concern is. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a, a back and forth fight, which was, now looking back at it, was the cancer cell that it eventually just grew and grew until we got to the, because we never really addressed it. Yeah. We heard if there was going to be a protest, we shut down and, COVID hit and there's no playbook. Yeah. No one had a playbook. Yeah. So you, you, everybody was winging it. You have to have a little grace. You, no one knew what was going on. Right. But things just got, things got bad. Mm-hmm. It's very hard. And people are like, why did you stay so long? The people that I work with were people of color. Right. So we were a team. Yeah. No one else, no one else had each other's back, but our back. Wow. Even when we were wrong, even when we were dead wrong, our own girl would be like, you were dead wrong, but I still got your back. Yeah. I'm going to tell you you're dead wrong, but I'm not going to let them tell you dead wrong because I know where you're coming from. Right. And issues still persist. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to tell people that you're not understanding where I'm coming from. And people get really defensive because yeah. they're, they're going, oh, you're calling me racist. No. No. You don't. You just don't understand where I'm coming from. What I'm telling you is, you don't understand how this feels. When you say something, it has different connotations to people. Yes. When you have a when you have a a manager come tell, oh, well, you know how you guys get. 
what does that mean? What does that mean? What do you mean, yeah. you guys? Mm-hmm. You have to be very careful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we would say, and to this day, like, I still have friends that I work on my old job. And I go, listen, I don't think, I don't think they were racist. And I, I still don't believe that. I could be wrong because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a fucking psychic. I don't know. But <laughs> poor, poor judgment can lead into many different, you can jump many different conclusions. Oh, yeah. Stupidity and ignorance can lead into just a circle of, uh, you can, you can paint whatever you want. You can paint whatever painting when things aren't being run right. Right. And that's what, that's what unfortunately happened. And then I blew up and that was my first major blow up at a job in, in years. Right. And then I instantly felt shame about it. Mm. Even though I was a hundred percent right. Yeah. So what, so what, where the shame come from, Chris? I, because listen, Here's the thing: we do we do therapy, right? Mm-hmm. We go through all this. We get we get all we take all the steps needed. We're still the same person. We just make better choices. Right. We haven't changed. When people ask me how I change, and I tell them no, I just make different choices. Mm-hmm. I'm still the same person. I will still wake up with anxiety. Right. I will still wake up with the things that I have. Right. I just make better choices and choose better tools to deal with it. Right. So yeah, for a moment, I was back to being 22 and 23. I was outside. Fuming mad. Yeah. Calling people. Yeah. This is what happened at work. This is what happened at work. Yeah. And you have to give yourself and I was hot. And I I chose and it was it was a thing that it was just like I failed the things that I, I was really good at and was walking away from the situation. Right. I'm hot, let me go cool off. Right. But then came outside, didn't give me the chance to cool off. Uh. So then I'm just like, all right, you want to hear what's on my mind? I'm going to tell you exactly what's on my mind. Right. And when I left, I told my friends, this is probably my last. I don't think I'm coming back. Mm-hmm. And then that was a Saturday. And then on a Monday, I got a call. And they were like, I think our relationship ends here. We're, we're going to pay for two weeks. We're we're sorry. I'm like, it's like okay. I was like, I wish I didn't blow up like that. Which is true. I wish I didn't blow up like that. Mm. But you guys were don't listen. And I said, you guys should listen when people are talking to you. You should especially listen when your team of color, which you don't have many of, are telling you the same things over and over. Yeah, yeah. Because the the favoritism and favoritism is a thing that happens when people you work with and you like. But favoritism happened yeah. towards the opening team. And the opening team had mostly white people, which mm-hmm. is fine because mm-hmm. we didn't think it was recent, but it looked bad. Right. And other people were telling us, well, they get, they get to do this. And when we bring something up, we're being complaining. It's like, you're not putting this together mm-hmm. and how this looks around. Right. So, yeah, yeah. that was that was uh, seven months ago. Yeah. So so let me let me ask you a question. So how do you like? You you alluded to how you cope with this anger, this frustration, all this stuff that you deal with, um, you know, with DBT. How do you how do you cope with it? Like, give us a rundown of like, what do you do to <clears throat> deal with the stress that you have? How do you manage it? What do you do to help you cope? The fresh air. What I've realized is that. Mm-hmm. 
20 plus years of my life I've been in the hottest situations besides like a firefighter but I've been in a in an oven yeah yeah I've been in an oven there's no way if something affects you in your emotions for you to cool down mm-hmm. when you're you're hot yeah so the first thing I I, I do when I when I get that way is walk into the walk-in mm-hmm. walk-in is like 32 degrees oh yeah hits you and you're just like oh yeah and you, you gotta get you gotta you gotta exhale that out yes doing the temperature change is such a huge thing yeah. it's a it's a it's a smack in the face yeah and it gets you back because you get so mad sometimes that you lose yourself yeah you're not in the moment there's no moment you're right. here you're just to the ceiling right so you have to be you have to get back into the moment. What's going on? Right. You know, how, how serious is this really? Right. It's a, it, you got to prioritize. And once you're cool and thinking, then the, the anger subsides. Mm. Cause then you go one, two, three, I'm going to start this. Cause this is where we got to talk to now. Right. Let's get to this. And then we go. Right. Spending time alone. Which is the, the irony of, of before. I didn't like being alone. Right. I love having the alone time to decompress. Yeah. It's the best thing you can do. You can go through the feelings. And writing. I've mm. writing a journal. Yeah. Three different. I have like a dream journal, a gratitude journal, wake up journal, and then I do separate fiction writing. So right. it's this whole different I got this feeling out. Then I can look at it. And the morning and night it's very essential to me how I feel in the morning, how I feel at night. Mm-hmm. Cause then you can piece, did something happen here mm-hmm. or are by seeing a pattern? Right. It's a way for you to check yourself. Nice. Because your journey, it's your mental health journey. Mm-hmm. Therapy is, is, is the tool, but it's your journey. Mm-hmm. And you have to, you have to hold yourself accountable. Yes. You got to look at yourself and say, I fucked up. The dish, did something trigger me? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But that's not the reaction. Right. You have to change that reaction next time. Mm-hmm. Or we need to dig deeper or we need to talk about why this got this reaction. Right, right. And without the accountability, of course, it's so-and-so said this to me and this happened to me and I was late. <laughs> the dog pissed on me. I right. No, no, dog. You have to. Yeah. It starts with you. Yeah. You you are the symbol of change. Mm-hmm. I love that, man. I love that. And music. I'm a I'm a music person. Yeah. My Spotify my Spotify rap just said I had thirty three thousand hours of music listened to. <laughs> I mean, I I do listen to music at work, and we play it off the speaker. We do play playlists at work. Yeah. And I we do that, but I I mean, I listen to music every day. Yeah. Music. Is, yeah. Different vibes for different moments. Yeah. 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 It, it, it definitely gets me. Yeah. No, I I love that, man. I love that. I love that fact. I have a um, I have one of the things that. Like music is a thing for me too. Whereas playlists, I have a playlist where it's called Blaze's Mental Health Playlist, and I got songs for when I'm angry, songs for when I'm sad, songs for when I was young that you know what like my inner child needs to hear, um, my teenage self needs to hear, uh, my present self needs to hear. So I have all those things on a list, and I can tell like when I shift, when I fast forward, I know somebody don't want to hear that shit, uh-huh. and so and I listen. Um, and I just keep going on until I find stuff that I need and I, and I find that groove. Um, same thing with journaling. Journaling is just like journaling is one of those things where 
I always suggest it to clients and the people in journals. Like, listen, when you're in this journal, you can write whatever you want to write about whoever you want to write it about. Say whatever the hell you want to say about whoever and just let that shit out. Because that's the biggest thing, especially when it comes to dealing with anger or even dealing with sadness or depression. It's just like, I don't know what to do. We need an outlet. Journaling is an outlet. And if you don't like writing, like physically writing with pen and pad, make a Google Doc and start typing. Because I know for me, my hand can't keep up with my thoughts sometimes. And so that's when I start to type and I start getting to work. And that's an outlet for me because it helps me to let all of my shit out that I'm not able to let out. So, um, damn, man, where are we been going up here? I'm gonna have to have you come back and do some more talking. Absolutely. <laughs> um, for when we do this stuff. So, um, so what advice do you have for people, um, going to the service industry, um, anything that you could help them to deal with what they may be stepping into? Uh, find a support circle is very important. Have people that are not in the industry. It, I, I think that's most important. Mm-hmm. If you have supportive parents, fantastic. If you have supportive brother, you have really close friends. So you can talk about your day mm-hmm. and have a conversation of, man, that seems rough. Mm-hmm. Or that like, you did what? And some things are specific to the industry and some things aren't. Right. And I think right now as, as a, if you're entering the service entry, it's, you, you have the best, most of my friends are bitter. We're bitter about it. It was like, we did all the work and you guys are coming in <laughs> and you're, you're reaping it. But it's a great thing to, it's a great right. thing to have. Right. It's, it's about, you know, you can have mental health days. You can ask if, if the company pays for your mental yeah, uh, mm-hmm. mental health, you know, is part of it covered in your insurance. Right. You know, you can, it's the openness. People are transparent. It's right. a thing. When you talk about your resume, you're going to talk about how do people deal with mental health. You can, it is, it's on the table. Right. The place that I work at now, I work at a place called Ishtel Cathessin. Mm-hmm. We're the most open. We're just like, we're like, one day we we're like, we have to leave because we switched to breakfast hours and it was dark in the morning mm-hmm. and then we're finished service and then we're prepping and it was dark at night. We're like, we need a day. That's not that we got to leave here yeah. with the sun's out. So we can yeah. get, we can get some sun on us because this is going to drive us a little, little yeah. batty. Yeah. So my advice is work hard, ask questions, reach out. If it's not okay, tell someone it's not okay. Right. I love it. If someone is critical of you, mm-hmm. And people are going to be critical of you. Ask them why. Mm-hmm. Ask them to show you. Right. It's very hard in the middle of a, a service, in the middle of doing things. I can point to you and tell you that's wrong. Right. But I don't have the time to tell you why it's wrong. Right. And and spending the time and showing someone, mm-hmm. asking someone before making making a mistake. It's, it's, it's very important. It's a very open industry. Your goal, it's you and your team against the people that are coming in. Right. And it's not a, a fight, but it's you're putting this, you're showing your skills, you're showing your team skills to make people enjoy it. I mean, the best feeling in the world is cook is watching someone take a photo of your food. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, that's going on Instagram. My boss goes, 
that that one made it to Instagram. We're, we're instantly, we know when we're attacking stuff. That's so much gratification. Mm. And enjoying what you do. And mm. talking to other people. You know, some people don't want to talk to you, and that's fine. Yeah. But developing small relationships help. Right. Because after what happened at my old job, people reach out to me throughout and throughout. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, what happened? That's messed up. From all the gamuts of emotions. Right. Okay. There were some people nosy, and I was like, "No, you're good. You can say that." <laughs> Damn, I've And there were people that were like, "Dog, I didn't. You didn't tell me." And I was like, "No, nah, I want to make a deal. I was gonna you up later and build those relationships." I got you. And you don't have to do the party. Yeah. It's it's hard. It's hard to join. It's a, to join. Yeah. I mean, they still try to get me out now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I give them Monday night. Yeah. I give them Monday night. I said, you got Monday night. They're like, Monday night? I said, like, you got Monday night to midnight. And then I turned to a pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you get from me. That's, That's all you get from me. Boundaries. <laughs> boundaries. Chris, you can't. Yeah, I have to. Yep, boundaries. I have to. I love, I love you guys. I love hanging out with you guys. I don't have to get wild and crazy and drunk with you guys. Right. I can just sit there and hang out with you guys. But I can't, I can't do that anymore because my job is different from your guys' there job. There you go. Now. That's what's up. And it's okay. You're not missing much. People are going to drink. People are going to talk shit and bitch about their day. That's it. That's, that's, that's all. That's, that's pretty much. That's, at every yeah. bar when you're done after. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's all you can do. That's how it goes. Tell the people how to find you, man. Listen, I'm on. I'm on Instagram at say hi k two. Um, and I'll be posting more on say hi k two. I'm writing a manuscript for Bev Publishing. <gasps> they are doing a. They're reading manuscripts from December 9th to last night uh, to January 9th. It's 10 pages, including a bio of your manuscript. Right. So I'm going to work this and folk that in uh, sometime soon. I'm going to make the time for that. That's important. I'm going to get that. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Well, Chris, I want to thank you for coming in and joining us, man. This was uh, this was a really enlightening-ass conversation, like for sure. Listen, man, I, I had to lighten it up, man. <laughs> so this is really great. So, um. Folks, if y'all didn't already know, you are loved, you are valued, you are dope as hell. And we'll see you on the next go-round. Peace.